This is Histories and Mysteries. I'm Ashley. I'm Jessica. And on this week's episode, we're rehashing last week's episode with part twos. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley's going to be talking about kind of the um, folklore around death, right? Yeah, like the kind of death entities. Okay. And then I'm going to be doing the Edelweiss Pirates. And I looked up the pronunciations like a week or two ago. So we're gonna <laughs> wing it. <Okay. laughs> yeah. Um, I would also like to point out that like I am not this pale. Like, I don't know why it makes this computer washes me out, it makes me look so like you're pale. so pasty. I know, and I'm not in real life. <laughs> I actually have a tan, right? Like, I'm pretty tan. Like, I don't know why this camera is making me so pale <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. but i did draw on some eyebrows this week it's beautiful so people know that i have them and they're, they're not like a ghost yeah i have <laughs> eyebrows anyway speaking of ghosts i'm doing death <laughs> nice <laughs> um so i got my information from the grace museum myths and folklore wiki New World Encyclopedia, Britannica, Mysterious Universe, and Monster Wiki. And when did you start your research, Ashley? It's not it's nobody's business, Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) After I painted my bathroom. (laughs) At like two o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) I texted her at work and I'm like, hey, you uh you didn't your research yet? I said, why are you so mean to me? (laughs) I was painting my bathroom um, for no reason. I mean, we've we've been wanting to get it painted, but there's absolutely no reason why I needed to do it today. (laughs) So (laughs) Jessica and I are in this yawn fight right now. She keeps yawning and then I yawn and then it makes her yawn again and then it makes me yawn again. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So sorry, everybody. So I'm not going to look at you anymore. Well, I didn't look at you and now I have to yawn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like Jessica said, I'm kind of doing like the entity of death. Um, and I tried to stick more of with like the grim reaper type deaths of different cultures, but some of them had just like death. So I did death, like, like the Lord of death or God of death or whatever. Oh, are we going to, are we going to talk about the supernatural death? No, I didn't. Ashley, you promised me. (laughs) I don't know what to say about him except he was pretty cool. He was dope. Yeah. But I also like the Reapers. They were cool too. Yeah, they were annoying. Like the one, like, I think it was, she was like Billy or whatever. Yeah, that sounds right. Billy, I didn't like her. I like the idea that they had for what a Reaper was, though. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Anyway, so let's start way back with Greek mythology. Um, Obviously, everybody's heard of Hades, but have you heard about Thanatos? Yes. And next, we're going to... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So Thanatos was the son of Nyx, who was the goddess of the night, and Erebus, who was the god of darkness, and he had a twin named Hypnos, who was the god of sleep. And Thanatos helped bring people to the underworld. So like our version of the Grim Reaper. 
Apparently, at one point, Hercules defeated him to save someone from his clutches, which is rude because Thanatos was just like doing his job. It was Meg. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but he's generally depicted as like a very nice looking man because, you know, he's a Greek god. So, of course. Scooby. But basically, like everybody hated him and he hated everyone. So, wow, that. that's lonely. Yeah. He didn't like no one. He did have. I think there was a love interest for him, but then I noticed that I was reading something about a, a like the the musical Hades, and I was like, oh, well, I don't know if that's like, yeah, I mean Hades and accurate. Persephone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if Thanatos had a love connection. Oh. But um, there's another. This kind of went into. Um, the next one I found, which was the Banshee. Oh, yeah. I like, I like the Banshee, which actually like learning about her is, or them is like, cause you know, the Banshee, there's more than one, um, way less scary than I really? thought. Yeah. So they're from Irish mythology and she is said to foretell death. So, it's thought that um, this idea of the Banshee came from 14th century Irish women who would sing and kind of wail at funerals. Um, and so this kind of legend kind of spiraled into the Banshee. And today's version has her seen as an old scary lady with silver long stringy hair and ragged clothes. Um, and she doesn't sing so much as she screeches when death is upon someone. <laughs> oh hey screaming like a banshee screaming like a banshee exactly (laughs) um but another thought is that they were fallen angels and in some stories their song is really pretty and nice and calming to whoever is dying um and then in other stories it's a mix of the a wail of a woman and a moan of an owl Ew. I, those are two different like octaves like how does that <laughs> i think that's the point is like it's two different like Ew. octaves at once you know what i mean that's really creepy and gross yeah. and uh, like i don't i don't like that <laughs> gives me the heebs i know right the jeebs the heebs and the jeebs and uh legend started out that the banshee only appeared to like four certain ancient irish families that were pretty prominent to like foretell of death um but then they branched out you know banshee llc um through marriages live your life live your life (laughs) and now they appear to several people um and so like i said there's the two different sides to them either the scary creepy one of today's like halloweeny kind of town um and then the traditional one where maybe they're a little bit prettier, they're a little bit nicer, and they just kind of um, foretell when someone's okay. going to die. They don't necessarily, like, have anything to do with the death. They're just like, oh, my gosh, you're going to die. I mean, that might be nice to have yeah. around. Yeah. Um, my favorite one uh-huh. is from Mexico. <gasps> oh. It is... La Calavera Katrina. And she sounds like a hoot. Yeah. Um, very much like the Day of the Dead, where it's really bright, beautiful colors. 
Um, she is less threatening than any of the other ones we have spoken about. And death as a person for Mexico can be traced back to an Aztec goddess. But in the early 20th century, artist Jose Guadalupe Posada created an etching of La Calavera Katrina. And that name sounds so familiar. She's pretty famous. No, like that artist. Oh, I think he's also pretty famous. He sounds really familiar. But apparently he originally made the sketch of her as a political statement saying that all these kind of aristocratic rich um, Mexican families and ladies were trying to adopt more of the French style than their own kind of Mexican style. And he was saying that, you know, it doesn't matter when you're dead, how much money you had. So that's why she's a skull. You know, basically we all look the same when we die. And Mm -hmm. originally she's wearing like a big French kind of hat now I think they've adapted her. So she's a symbol for Dia de las Muertas. Muertas. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> and uh, so they use her a lot. So she's got a lot of traditional Mexican clothing. Um, she's got, you know, it really what blends in well with their sugar skulls that they have for that. And because um, she's got the skull in the face. So that's my favorite one because she's real fun. The skull in the face. The skull in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you like? (laughs) The skull in the face. (laughs) So then I came to our Grim Reaper. And I didn't know this. This is very interesting to me because as we know, I'm very fascinated with the Black Plague. And I did a story on it earlier on in our podcast career. Let's go listen to it. (laughs) I can't remember what episode it was, but it's it's really good, people. Um, so good. (laughs) We talked about plagues. Yeah. So the Grim Reaper came about during the 14th century Black Plague when about 50 million people died or about 60% of the European population died. So, oh my god. I, I honestly thought that that idea went further back. Yeah, I kind of did too. That's why I say this is kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah, so it came about during this time when obviously death was constantly around them constantly reminding them Mm -hmm. and the grim reaper is kind of just like a messenger you know he just takes you to the afterlife but um i think with with constant death around you it's scary so that's kind of where he got the scariness from um so he's a skeleton figure because obviously you know when people die we're skeletons you know ashley loves her skulls and faces my skulls and faces (laughs) (laughs) sorry faces um and they believe that he's in a robe because of the religious figures at the time that would often do the funerals they wore robes and stuff like that and he has the scathe because um it's obviously from um agricultural practices where they would harvest crops that were ready to be plucked from the earth you know what it also looks like huh the plague doctor mask oh yeah a little bit yeah like with the long beak yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like i said that wrong what are you doing what do you mean this the scythe 
Yeah, I said scathe. Yeah. Hey, you leave it in for me. I did? I gotta leave it in for you. What did I leave it? What did I leave in? Previously. Oh. <laughs> in other episodes. And it's safe. I always correct myself. <laughs> scythe. It's scythe. Scythe, yes, I know. Scythe. Guys, I don't know why I'm struggling with the words on this one so bad. You're pregnant. <laughs> that must be it, man. Scythe. The scythe is from agricultural practices. Maybe we can take out a couple of episodes that I have since I have about a hundred so far. No. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Um, okay, so even though the Grim Reaper is depicted as super creepy, he's actually supposed to not be good or evil. He is neutral, um, just kind of a guy doing his job. Yeah. Um, and he helps guide spirits to the afterlife. Um, he doesn't do any of the judgment or killing or anything like that. You know what? I bet the Grim Reaper <laughs> is like a little girl in a dress. Just like so funny story because I wrote this in the male sense, he Grim Reaper he. Most people refer to the Grim Reaper as he. Yeah. However, I found that in languages that have masculine or feminine words associations, like La or L, yeah. Grim Reaper is many times feminine. Oh. Yeah, so it has more of a feminine leaning. Interesting. Yeah. So I fr- I figured that out after I wrote all this and I was like, well, I'll just bring up that point, but I'm so say he. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, just imagine it's just like this or like a little oh, a dog. <gasps> like your your doggy or like your pets that have passed away and then they get to be you. your little oh, I love that so much. Oh. <laughs> I like it. I love it. So that makes me sad. (laughs) I love that so much, though. I do, too. So there's a story about uh, a famous story that was picked up by the Brothers Grimm, who we also did a story on. Jessica covered them. And I struggled with my German. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm struggling with my English. So, um, so. The story is that the Grim Reaper becomes a godparent to an infant due to death being reliable and unlike the other two options, which were the devil and God, both of whom were too chaotic and cruel. So this person picked death to be the godfather. Hmm. The infant grows up to become a physician and death gives them an enchanted glass of water, which allows them to see whether the Reaper is at the head of the dying's bed or at the foot of it. If death is resting at the feet, then he can sprinkle water from the glass to cure the patient in question. But if death is at the head, then there's nothing he can do and the patient must die. So the physician uses the cup and becomes a successful physician. But one day he breaks his bargain with death and sprinkles the water on the bed of the king's dying daughter when death is about to claim her at the bed's head. Oh my gosh. Angry at the physician, death takes him to their lair, which is filled with a candle, which represents the length of every human life. When the physician sees his own, he notices that it has nearly melted entirely away. Oh, my God. 
The physician proceeds to ask his godfather to move the fire from his candle to another longer one, but instead, seeing an opportunity to teach the boy a lesson, death drops the candle, causing it to break and the physician to die. <gasps> ba ba ba! He made one mistake. <laughs> one mistake, people. <laughs> what happened to three chances? <laughs> So if you want to hear more on that story or more in depth of that, um, you can find the brother's grim tale of the grim reaper. Ooh, that's so cool. Um, I forgot we were talking about the brother's grim. (laughs) (laughs) And so to kind of um, go along with last week, I actually have from monster.fandom. Oh, no, sorry. That story was written by monster.fandom.com. But I actually have some people who have encountered the Grim Reaper and live to tell the tale. Whoa. Okay, before we start, do you believe the stories? I don't not believe them. Okay. Like they seem believable or do they seem like fairy tale? No, they seem believable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much we don't know. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to outright say I don't believe them. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Let's listen and get your opinion at the end, Jess. Okay. <laughs> so, um, this story was from Encounters with the Unexplained. Ooh, okay. I have my own story to tell of the Grim Reaper coming to visit a loved one. It was early 2000. My great-grandfather woke one morning to tell us of a dream he had the night before. He said, the man with the sickle came for me last night. That immediately sent a chill through me. He continued by telling us that the doorbell rang, and when he opened it, there stood a hooded man with a sickle in his hand. He looked at my great-grandpa and said he was here for Jacob. He also, he said the last name also. When I asked my great grandpa what he then said, he proceeded to tell us that he told the entity that he had the wrong house and slammed the door shut in his face. That caused each of us to let out a giggle and two, (laughs) a giggle or two and set our fears aside for the time being. We knew it would not be long before we lost him as he was saying other things related to the other side. A few months later, grandpa died at the age of 92, three days following my great grandma. Wow. Um, this next one is from Ranker. It says, I was awakened, awakened by a voice in my room. It was a woman's voice, but I couldn't make out what she was saying. I opened my eyes, but there was no one in the room, just me and my roommate who was incoherent the entire time we shared our room, <laughs> assuming it was a nurse in the hall. So they must've been in the, some kind of hospital. Um, I tried falling back asleep. Suddenly there was a loud, frantic voice shouting, no, no, you can't take me. I won't go. I opened my eyes again and the room was much, much darker. And my roommate was sitting straight up in her bed, screaming with complete and utter conviction towards the foot of her bed, almost like a child objecting to bedtime. She was crying, still sitting straight up, looking at something, listening very intently for what seemed like forever. She began to whisper yes and no between whimpers. And then she laid back down and I watched the darkness leave the room. I turned and saw it beside my bed. There stood a small dark figure, about Ew. three feet in height, wearing a Ew. black cloth and a hood. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no face. I don't know why that's so terrifying. 
our listeners, sorry, but like one of our listeners and I were talking on Instagram and <laughs> we were, ta- I, I was like, I was saying that I would be terrified if my child like showed up at the end of my bed in the middle of the night. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> Terrifying. Like children are so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, why is that so much creepier? That's it is horrific. so much creepier. Okay. Keep and going. I'm sorry, this is a news story where they said I turned and saw beside my bed. It's a news story, sorry. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I thought the other girl in the hospital was gonna like. I thought so too. And then I realized that I okay. had broken it up for a reason. It's a new story. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I was wearing a black cloak with a hood, no face, and was about two feet from my face. Oh, it looked like a small Grim Reaper without the blade. I was in shock, but not scared. I looked at it for about a minute, then I turned, glided out of my room, and ran away where it, and it faded away. Baby Reaper in training. Yeah. No, <laughs> not that one. That's the wrong person. <laughs> That'd be a great movie. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. or book oh we should write a book about baby reaper trademark 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 <laughs> trademark trademark <laughs> <laughs> um, all right so this one's from weird darkness frozen with pure terror she tried to scream but no sound came out as her eyes adjusted she could see the creature's face it had a very small head um mm. Sorry, I lost my Okay. About the size of a grapefruit on its enormous shoulders. Its face was wrinkled and saggy, shriveled like a rotten apple. The eyes were like jet black dimes. It was draped in what my aunt described as an Eskimo's coat, thick with fur lining. In its gloved hand, it held little pink sippy cup. After a minute of the creature's unsettling stare, it dropped the sippy cup onto the floor and walked away. When Amy received motion again, she grabbed John's hunting rifle and cautiously cleared the house. She checked the children who were still asleep in their beds and then called her husband and my mother. The next morning, she found the sippy cup and her remote laying in the middle of the hallway. Amy described to my mother that the creature that visited her felt like death. Two weeks later, at the age of 25, Amy was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, my gosh. All right. So this next story is from Unexplained Mysteries. An average sized, my sister estimated him to be around six feet tall, being hooded in a black robe, entered the room. How was that average size? <laughs> I was thinking like five, five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, God. I guess to each their own with average. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's used to six, eight, six, nine. <laughs> oh, I was thinking something else, but go on. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> six, eight, six, nine would be really terrifying. <laughs> yeah. One. So this guy's six feet tall. Okay. Uh, he's hooded in a black robe and entered the room, whispering an incomprehensible chat, chat, chant, and ending ending each time with "Mama." What? <laughs> this episode is so off the rails. <laughs> Mama. That's what it's Mama Mia. It's lowercase m, lowercase a dash. Uppercase M, uppercase A, exclamation point, Mama! Literally, <laughs> Mama! <laughs> anyway, she said that the beans present felt very evil. And she was paralyzed with fear. The bean, interestingly, seemed to glide over the floor, even though she initially heard footsteps. 
He came around to her side of the bed, continuing the chant, which became louder every time he said it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Mama! <laughs> oh, and then the first M and the first A get capitalized in it as it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he grabbed my sister, which hurt badly and continued to hurt for a few days afterwards. She yelled, stop, and the beam disappeared. My sister then ran to check on her kids who were sleeping and unharmed. Not for long, though. Within a week's time, my handicapped nephew passed away. Oh, my gosh. And that's my awful story that I really struggled through today. And I am sorry that it was so hard for me to English. That's okay. I'm going to I'm going to have a real fun time with my German coming up. (laughs) All right. So. I'm basically just following on the story that I did last week. Last week, we did the story of Hanny Schaft, who fought against the Nazi Germans and, you know, killed lots of Nazis. And she was just like this wonderful figurehead. Yeah. Um, And now this week, I'm going to be talking about the Edelweiss pirates who were German youth um, that were fighting against Hitler's Nazi Germany. That's awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to get two sides of the playing field. Yeah. Just so that, you know, I'm not attacking one side or the other. <laughs> well, I think you can attack one side or the other in, in, in that case. <laughs> I mean, it's I clear the Nazis are bad. <laughs> That's not what I meant, though. Basically, just, okay, never mind. I okay. Sorry, I don't get it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that like not all Germans are bad. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I get you. The Nazi Germans were bad. Yeah, yeah. The people that were bad were bad. Right. Yeah, I get yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> just to make that clear. <laughs> not really sad. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll just we'll just go. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so, so these young Germans resisted Nazi brainwashing, much like the persistent Edelweiss flower that clings to the crags of Austria's Alps and for which the group was named after. With their rejection of the notorious Hitler Youth's militaristic organization, Nazi philosophy, and gender segregation, they can get they considered themselves as the antithesis of that group. Love it. Yes, they're fabulous. There's not a lot of information on them because they didn't really mark things down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what we do have is really cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, Edel- the Edelweiss pirates who came from working class families battled Nazism before turning 18 in any manner they could. According to Sally Rogau of the Vancouver Holocaust Education Center, The Edelweiss Pirates was one of the largest youth groups who refused to participate in Nazi youth activities. We must first comprehend their opponents in order to comprehend the pirates. German boys between the ages of 14 and 18 made up the Hitler Jugend. Hitler Jugend? Sure. Also known as the Hitler Youth 
which was established in 1922 as the Youth League of the Nazi Party. The Bund Deutscher Mädel, or League of German Girls, was the Nazis' analogous organization for teenage girls that they created four years later. So just like weird boarding school vibes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Hitler Youth was the largest youth organization in the world at its peak with 8 million members. Wow. Yeah. Although the youth first concentrated on common pursuits like camping, sports, and games, it gradually turned militaristic and prepared its young boys for armed conflict. Oh, yeah. Like, Do you have the awful. age range for those guys? How old they were? Yeah, f- uh, 14 and 18, like between <gasps> 14 and 18 years old. Oh, yeah. 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 It quickly became apparent that the Hitler Youth's primary objective was to instill in Germany's youth an aggressive Nazi mentality. Yeah. Hitler himself described it. These boys and girls enter our organizations at 10 years of age and often for the first time get a little fresh air after four years of the young folk. They get to go on the Hitler Youth or get to go to the Hitler Youth where we have them for another four years. And even if they are still not complete national socialists, they go to labor service and are smoothed out there for another six or seven months and whatever class consciousness or social status might still be left the german armed forces will take care of that oh i hate everything about that statement yeah is that horrendous that's awful and i hate how he said like smooth out like mm-hmm. yeah gross the local anti-nazi resistance organizations <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> slipped off my tongue it did you can't you didn't even like stutter over it came out so confidently (laughs) i love that (laughs) okay um uh the local anti-nazi resistance organizations that made up the edelweiss pirates were mostly created in western germany These teens, who ranged in age from 14 to 17, opposed the gloomy elements of the Hitler Youth and League of German Girls, including the prohibition of adolescent joy and expression and the preparation of children for military duty. Many of them dropped out of the youth and left school at the age of 14 to break their ties with the Nazis, which was typical for working class teenagers at the time, which I never knew about. Starting in 1936, membership was required, and in 1939, the year that World War II officially started, not being a member was a criminal offense. (gasps) Wow. However, the Edelweiss pirates only enjoyed a brief period of freedom because they were often compelled to enlist in the military after becoming 18. The Edelweiss pirates opposed all that the Hitler youth stood for. The pirates had their hair long and free, whereas the youth wore theirs high, tight, and closely shaven. While some pirates participated in sexual experimentation, the Hitler youth were gender segregated. The disparities grew more pronounced. 
The Edelweiss pirates sang songs that were not approved by the government while the youth wore uniforms and listened to Nazi propaganda music while sporting checkered shirts and lederhosen. Oh. These anti-fascists weren't simply a pro-hippie vision. They were actual teenagers. It can be super challenging to get information on their experiences, like I said earlier, because many of them were kept a secret. Yeah. The Edelweiss pirates dedicated a significant portion of their time in youthful resistance to Nazism. One former pirate remembered throwing bricks through the windows of munitions factories, pouring sugar into the gas tanks of Nazi commanders' automobiles, and spray painting phrases like down with Hitler and down with Nazi brutality. Good for them. Like ballsy yeah for your age <laughs> yeah for sure when some some adults couldn't even stand up to him these teenagers yeah. were wow oh yeah their riskier endeavors included supplying adult resistance groups with explosives protecting german deserters and freeing captives from labor and incarceration camps wow the young pirates were willing to attack anything that would lower the nazi spirits Many of them also endured harsh punishment, such as public hangings, long prison terms, and forced head shaving. And just so we all remember, they were real people. Yeah. They were kids yeah. who had names and they had parents. Yeah. And they're just trying to stand up for what they, a better world. Yeah. Just awful. It's, yeah. I'm making a lot of faces that if you watch our YouTube, you'll be able to see. If you don't and you don't hear me say anything, it's because I'm making a face. <laughs> I'm really upset because I put on like this glitter eyeshadow. It's very pretty. Thanks. You can't really tell though because it's like little stars and moons. Oh, yeah. that's cute. And they're not like. I, no, I you can just tell it's like darker. glitter. Yeah, I should have yeah. put on like a darker color, but like. Cute. I didn't have makeup on my face all day. Nice. <laughs> and then I needed to for this. <laughs> Next time, I'm probably not going to get to see my true face. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dusseldorfer Walter Mayer recalls a meeting with other pirates at a pool hall. A participant might inquire, what are we going to do next? Even, even adding, you know, the Hitler youths, they're all keeping their equipment at this specific location. Let's make it disappear. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. The raids began small and then snowballed. Quote, we started maybe by deflating the tires. Then we made the whole bicycle disappear. <laughs> awesome. Mayer, Mayer joined the Hitler youth. However, he acted against them by hiding his Jewish friends in their basement and by helping the Edelweiss pirates. That's awesome. Yeah. He was once caught stealing shoes and taken into custody by Nazi officials. Mayer said that the prosecutor had sought for the death penalty, but the judge had instead sentenced the youth to one to four years in prison after considering his athletic prowess. For stealing shoes? Uh-huh. Wow. It's like Valjean all over again. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Mayor was fortunate. Most notoriously, though, the Gestapo executed 13 people in broad daylight on November 10th, 1944, including six Edelweiss pirates from Cologne 
And among them was 16-year-old Barthel Schink. Aww. 16 years old. That's so sad. The brigade was charged with preparing an assault against the nearby Gestapo headquarters. None had been tried before they were sentenced to death. Oh, my gosh. Didn't even get a trial? No. Oh, poor babies. Born in Cologne in 1924, Gertrude Koch. When I looked it up, it gave me, I don't know if it was Coke or Koch. Because it's K-O-C-H. Huh. Yeah. It's called Coke. Okay. Gertrude Koch declined to join the League of German Girls. Instead, she helped establish the Edelweiss Pirates branch in Cologne. Oh, good for her. Yeah. She later remembered how her family hid a Jewish musician in their garden from 1938 to 1939. She said that they took him food for about a year and a half. She afterwards oversaw the pirate's leaflet drop from the roof of the train station in Cologne. Because of this, the Gestapo beat her and once hurled her down some stairs, breaking (gasps) her arm and sentenced her to nine months in prison. Brauweiler. Oh my gosh. Anyways. So like awful. Yeah. Koch originally envisioned himself teaching at a Montessori school, or sorry, herself. (laughs) Her only goal at this point, though, was to survive the war. For the first two years of World War II, she and her mother retreated to the mountains. (laughs) And she passed away in 2016. Oh, she survived the war. Yeah. Good for her. I know. I was so happy when I read that. Yeah. (laughs) Hans and Sophie Scholl, two German siblings, belonged to the White Rose Nonviolent Resistance Organization, which was another anti-Nazi group. The father of the Scholls hated the Nazi government. He told his children. Oh, this is sad. I forgot about this. (laughs) He told his children, what I want most of all is that you live in uprightness and freedom of spirit, no matter how difficult that proves to be. His message resonated with them so much that they left the Nazi party and joined the White Rose to fight it. Moved to resist the Nazis' mass murders on the Eastern Front on moral, ethical, and religious grounds, the group printed leaflets with messages like, the German name will forever will be forever defamed if German youth does not finally arise, avenge, and atone, if he does not shatter his tormentor and raise up a new intellectual Europe. Wow. Yeah. Christopher Probst and the Scholls were given the death penalty for this. Oh, wow. And they died by beheading. <gasps> How old mm-hmm. were they? Um, I I am assuming they were young. Yeah. Well, between fourteen and eighteen. Yeah. I'm like, oh, poor babies. Mm-hmm. Sophie, so the sister, was given the option of accessing of accepting a lesser punishment if she denied her involvement, but she chose to die alongside her brother and continue to stand up for their beliefs. 
Oh my gosh. They were beheaded on February 20, 1943 by Nazi enforcers. I feel like well, no. I was going to say, when you're beheading children, you think that would make you take a step back and be like, hmm, maybe I'm not in the right here. But you look at what they did to people in the concentration camps, so. And I mean, it's a cult. Yeah. Like, people, I'm sure, were brainwashed. I'm sure that they were threatened. Oh, for sure. Their families were threatened, so it doesn't excuse it, though, because there were people that were, like, off the rail, like, awful yeah. that were following him. Yeah. But I'm sure that there were some that were, like... Stuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It took 60 years for the Edelweiss pirates to be formally acknowledged as resistance fighters rather than criminals. Whereas the White Roses, an organization made up of university students and professors, Mm. have been honored for their resistance ever since the war ended. We were from the working classes. That is the main reason why we have only now been recognized. After the war, there were no judges in Germany, so the old Nazi judges were used and they upheld the criminalization of what we did and who we were. At a time when a large portion of Germany knowingly supported Hitler's totalitarian rule. There you go. Good job. We're struggling. (laughs) The Edelweiss pirates' courage, righteousness, and resistance to Nazism are properly celebrated today. Yeah. That's awesome. What a sad and uplifting story. Yeah, you're welcome. I loved it. Yeah. Do you have jokes, Mary? Because I find that when I find jokes, I uh, I just tend to go down a rabbit hole. It's true. You do. Um... Although Kyle did just send me some pictures. So let's see if they were funny. Okay. I saved like one that I oh. saw that I was like, oh, that's funny. But I don't know how far back it was. Yeah. Okay. I got some life hacks. Oh, okay. If someone offers you some Doritos, sneeze into the bag and they'll just let you have them all. (laughs) I like that. Starting your day with an early morning run is a great way to make sure you can't get any worse than it started. That's true, but it also still sounds awful. (laughs) I don't know how people do that. I don't know either. I tried to be that person for a while. Like I tried to get up and go to the gym before work. I'd go at like 5 a.m. and I'd take a shower at the gym. I think I lasted like three days. Yeah. And I was like, nope. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't. Do you have any jokes? No. Ashley, you freaking suck. Mm. I was going to tell a time traveling joke, but you didn't like it. <laughs> that was lame (laughs) it's the best i got for (laughs) you it's so depressing it was so bad if you want more of this just a plus podcast (laughs) you can find us on facebook and instagram and we are now on youtube and if you would like to write and review us 
took me a minute. If you would like to write and review us, you can do so on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And subscribe subscribe to YouTube. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. And we look forward to bringing you two new stories next week. Bye. Bye.